TJPK in the morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. On this Football Friday, we have tons of football. Already spent an hour on it. BJ Reigns, Boise State B-Rider, is going to join us to talk BYU and Boise State in the next segment. But you had another question, which is less football, more jazz, but a little baseball playoffs as well. Yeah, we're watching Tampa. Small market, worse stadium, worse attendance. Got nothing going for it. But yet they continue to win. In the series last year, in a market, and a division I should say, that has Canada's team, that has the Yankees and Red Sox. Got some money. Yes. And literally the country's baseball team. And you're winning. You tell me how that doesn't provide jazz fans immense hope. You know, this year, I looked this up. Tampa's used 61 players. 61 players. We need a deep team. 18 rookies. Now say we need a young team. Go on, say it. We need a young team. There you go. They used 38 pitchers this year. That's ridiculous. It's a lot of middle relievers right there. 23 pitchers have recorded at least one win. How many uh, starters? You got that number? Because I can believe guys, you know, coming in, pitching a ninth inning and a mop-up roll. Now the winning, okay, so now you're a middle reliever and you're behind and you're in there eating up the innings in the sixth inning. You have a big inning and you get the win. They do the they don't do starting pitching. They do bring in a bullpen guy, mm-hmm. so it doesn't really count. Because they have the bullpen starts where you you know yeah. right from the start. It's a bullpen day. Yeah. They're, it, they're a pitching staff day. They lost their three best pitchers from last year's World Series team. No sweat. 14 pitchers this year have recorded at least one save. They're revolutionizing the way you attack a season. Moneyball 2.0. To the highest level. And you're playing in a division that has the biggest money teams. Yankees, save the Dodgers. Yankees payroll number two, 203 million. Red Sox number five, 184 million. Jays number 11, 150 million. And then way down the list, the Tampa Bay Rays, 26 out of 30, a 70, almost 71 million dollar payroll, which means the Yankees almost triple your payroll and the Dodgers almost quadruple it. Literally in a different league. But the reason they don't, hey, big picture they do. Because anytime you see another smaller payroll team with financial disadvantages, I hate to call them a small market team. Tampa Bay is an enormous market. Well, they don't, it's not attendance-wise. But they got a bad facility. Nobody's been to that dome, likes it. And they didn't start until 98. And the Yankees had been, and Red Sox have been down in Florida having spring training forever. And they got fans everywhere. And the Tampa Bay home games, it's like watching the Chargers host so the what? Raiders. So what? So what? So you don't so have what? the money. It's a place smaller than it is. You don't need the money. That's the point. So what? But the reason they don't give the Jazz that much hope is they've basically done what the Jazz already know they can do. They've been good and competed. They haven't won at all. They've been to two World Series, lost them both. Jazz have been to two NBA Finals, lost them both. They've been to the playoffs routinely. And when they've been down and had to rebuild, they take three years and rebuild. Jazz have done that a couple times now. They're on the verge of winning. 
This is their so best. It's this only is a matter of time. This is the Rays' best team. It's their first hundred win team. They got playoff experience, and now. they've only been around since '98. The other mm-hmm. guys have been around since '78, '79. Mm-hmm. So they should have more success in that way. And you can say, well, the Bucks, the Bucks are small market, yeah, but the Bucks had the best player in the league. But see, that's that doesn't diff- count. That's the difference between baseball and basketball. There are differences. And in basketball, you often need the best player in the league. But the cool thing which is, means you don't sometimes because chose. you didn't say always. No, you could have the third best player in the league and win a title. If you have the third, the eighth, the tenth, that's the way to go. There's nobody on the Rays who's the best player in the league. But baseball doesn't require that. The best player in baseball misses I don't, the And playoffs. basketball won't either. No, I'm talking multiples. I'm not just talking literally the best. They don't have the best pitcher. They don't have the best fielder. They don't have the best hitter. Not, not literally the singular best. Yeah. They have a lot of very good, outstanding players, and they know what they're doing. That's the way for the Jazz to get it. They're never going to have the best player. If you're waiting for them to have the best player in the league, well, then you're going to wait forever. But I'm saying you don't need to wait for that to win it all. You don't. If you have the most talent on your roster, Jazz managers pointed that out for a long time. You can do it. That you can be like the Pistons of 04 and have a bunch of good players. Well, there's plenty of examples. And you can do it. I mean, go look back, man. Bob Hedett was good, but the St. Louis Hawks, did they have the best talent? I don't know, Grandpa. Tell me. Well, look it up. That you're, that's your internet, dude. You're right there. Bob Pettit was a heck of a player. I know the name. But Corey Jones, I mean, he was a great supplemental guy. You made that up. <laughs> Corey Jones sounds like a name from the 80s. Oh, it does? Yeah, it does to me. I don't know why. All right, Frank. Bob, yeah, Frank. <laughs> the Bobs and Franks played in the 60s. Corey played in the 80s. Dick Grody. <laughs> 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 he didn't make that up. That's an actual Met from his youth, probably. That's well, Jerry Grody. I just put an old name there. Mm. Uh, so, I've never been more encouraged about the Jazz winning a title than I am today. Never. Never. Even 2-2 in the 97 finals? Come on. Yeah, one word. Jordan. <laughs> but it was 2-2. How many times did he lose? Uh, Zero. To the Pistons. <laughs> no, I'm talking in the finals. Zero. Zero. No, if he had a problem, he got exposed before then. When he was ready to win, he never lost. When the other guys, I think he was ready to win against Pistons. The uh, other guys weren't. I, I think he needed to do what Phil Jackson said and, and trust players. And uh, Maybe so. We can argue that. It's pointless. Uh, but this team right now today, there's I think the no thing, reason. There, there are differences in the sports, and we can go through all of them. The thing that the Rays have in common with the Jazz, with the Bucks, you don't necessarily have the glamour, and you don't have the money, but can you, is there a way to find Jazz have an the money. edge? And so toss out the money. They're due to pay almost $40 million in luxury tax. That guy's got the money. So that, toss that, out the money. That level, but players go to markets to make money off the, I mean, LeBron's a great example. He went to L.A. to make money off the court that you can't make off does, the court. Does he need to make more money? No, he don't need to, but he wants to. That's why he chose it. He, right. He's a free agent. Do whatever he wants. Right. He could have gone to Denver. He didn't want. Right. So you're talking about him. 
Right. That's not why he's player in the game. But the point because, is, but the point is, go ahead. if you're smart, and this is what you're getting at, if you're smart, you can find an edge, and you might have some stuff working against you, but you can overcome it. And that is a message of hope for the Jazz or any other small market team chasing it. There's nothing working against the Jazz. Nothing. Nothing. That's a total Nothing that can't be overcome. So you're saying the same thing I am a different way and then arguing with me about it. And I'm right. <laughs> but so am I. You agree. You just don't want to agree. I'm going to disagree. I'm and then right. I'm going to say the same thing Bottom in a line different is, way. I'm right. I don't know what you're saying. I'm only worried about what I'm saying. And it's profound what I'm saying. That's what I know. They have nothing that they cannot overcome. That's the nothing. Double, that's a double negative instead of a positive again. Nothing. You can do that every hour today? That'd be great. On the hour. <laughs> and a little after. Traffic at the, on the nines. And sports at 15 and 45 after every hour. KNX for all my LA people. <laughs> so they have nothing that they can't overcome. I, I firmly believe that. Hadn't thought of KNX in a long time. Hmm. Well, 15 and 45. <laughs> And you're stuck on the freeway all the time. You come to count on that. Yeah, and they'll tell you you're stuck on the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Thanks, Captain Obvious. And they'll tell you you're stuck on like seven freeways. <laughs> and it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and you're wondering what the heck. Don't worry about it. There's no other freeways to go to. Uh, yeah, for sure. I firmly believe that. And I look at Tampa. If you do things right, now it's up to you. That's the one thing that can get in the way. You know, the Kings have not been in the playoffs since 05 06. Yeah, 15 and years. And since that time, they've only won 38 games at least twice. Twice. 38 <sighs> and then 39, like two, three years ago, and they fire Jaeger as the coach. Come on. Oof. They are getting in their way. They're the problem. Not Sacramento. Not down the street in the Warriors. No. It's Sacramento's problem is Sacramento. That's, those are the facts. You've taken since... That's 15, 16 years. Except for a, a few select players. That is an entire generation of NBA players. Yeah, LeBron and Carmelo are hanging on. But other than that... Right. You got me a, you know, a couple. Yeah. But m- overwhelming percentage... Of the league has never seen... Yeah. You entered the, the league in 05, you're probably out now. If you aren't, good luck, great on you. And you're on the Lakers. Yeah. And so that's very, very rare. There's not an... A person, man, woman, who was born on the earth, I'll give you a 15-year career in your chosen professional field. Would you take it athletically in pro sports? Every one of them would sign up immediately. Even LeBron and Carmelo at that time would have said absolutely. Uh, So they are the ones screwing it up. There's nothing that is preventing them except themselves. And the flip side... There's nothing that's going to prevent the Jazz from winning it all if they do what they are capable of doing. And so far, that's worked. 
And the whole idea, yeah, LeBron wanted to do the Hollywood thing, but only LeBron was capable. If Rudy Gay wanted to do the Hollywood thing, Hollywood would look at him and say, who are you? (laughs) You know what I mean? So he can do that. With Rudy Gay. Yeah. And that's nothing against him because it's that he against, fits in the overwhelming it's nothing percentage. Against anybody else right. in the league? It LeBron was a LeBron could do deal, it. and because he was the ultimate megastar, and Jordan could have done it, and Magic was fortunate that he ended up playing there and all that stuff. But those guys are few, very few. You don't you don't even necessarily know you'll get them in a generation. Wait a minute, Space Jam with Joe Ingles. Well, my down under might work. Yeah, now we're talking down there. When does the Joe Ingles show start, Yak? Usually when the season starts. Yeah, so well, it's not that far away now. Still got a few weeks. Uh, so I believe this group has everything. And especially now, I don't know what Ryan Smith is going to do financially every year in terms of the commitment to the team. But right now, he's putting it out there. You cannot argue with that. And they got free agents. You know, maybe they don't get the premier free agent. But I, I don't think you need the premier free agent. What free agent premier guy did Milwaukee get? They did not. Right. And there's a couple premier free agents you want to get. There are a lot of guys who change and you got to give people hope and you got to spend the money and you got to get the best player you can. So guys move and they get the money. But there's two guys you want for the last decade. You want Durant and you want LeBron. You got to spend a lot of free agents out there, but those are the guys. The money must be spent appropriately. Because if it's not, like Gordon Hayward's going to get $30 million. He got $30 million to be in Boston. It's like, he got uh, you, end up in a, you end up in an NBA financial cul-de-sac. You're not going any further. That's it. Just going to go around and around. Oh, you're making me dizzy. It's probably how Charlotte basketball fans feel. No, there's more hope than ever. They drafted uh, LaMelo, and he looks like a player. See, that's what I'm talking about, right? He, had an outstanding, he was injured a lot, but he had an outstanding season last year. Right? That gives them hope. You put together a couple more Lamellos and you got something. He looked really good. Right? That's the way you do it. That's what the Jazz have done. There's no need to be discouraged. I am in the, the land of encouragement. I am giving you, as my man would say, a form of encouragement. <laughs> and take it and run with it. Be the Rays. That's the motto. Be the Rays on three. Be the Rays on three. Be the Rays! They going to do it this year? Got the first 100-win team? Got some World Series experience? Obviously, some guys are gone, but some guys are back. They got guys stealing home. Yeah, that's a great example of a guy that got back. He's already felt the postseason pressure and delivered. Right. right. Now he's doing it again. And he's a rookie this year for some concocted rule. <laughs> <laughs> he had 10 home runs in the postseason last year, and he's a rookie this year. Well, that wasn't a real season. Well, but they got the rules. You got to play a certain percentage right. or you can maintain your rookie yeah, status. Yeah, you say rookie for This year. is like Ben Simmons, uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell on steroids. It's a joke. Uh, so yeah, I think they've got a shot. And the great thing about it is that if they don't have if they don't win it this year, they got a shot next year. <clears throat> Look at all these players. They use sixty one players. You can't do that in the NBA. That won't get you anywhere. The talents, uh, the talents to play yeah, differently. But, uh, okay, and, but and yet younger, Terrence Mann is going for thirty nine and younger players. Right, but he's in the league. I mean, sixty one players. You'd literally be getting well. Guys they're in the, the league. The reason why they're not in. The, in 
up at the big leagues is because they got a minimum number or maximum number you can have, but they're big league players. Basketball talent is distributed differently, and you know that. Except Terrence Mann closes you out with 39. Right. He is a Tampa Ray kind of guy. Right, but he's not guy 61 for the race. Like, he's not guy 61 for the Clippers. Okay, so he's 38. That's where, the sports, that's where the, there's different. You went to the far extreme. I don't think, I think the principle is the same, though. You've got, yeah, there's fewer guys, but the point is, we call on you and you're ready to go. Terrence Mann was called on and he was ready to go. In that round of the playoffs, he was, but in the next round, he wasn't and they got knocked out. And Jazz fans aren't about That's being good. They want to win it all. Sure, but you got to get to the Western Final before you get to the NBA Final. Would you not feel better about this team this year with their chances if every, they had gotten yep. to the third round? Of course. Yes. Win every playoff series So don't you can. scoff at them getting the Clippers all of a sudden or dog me because they got beat by the upstart Suns. Come on! Come on! Exactly. I love the way you changed the argument in the middle. You're the I didn't best change anything. You I directed did. it to its logical conclusion. <laughs> and then made your point, but ignored the fact they didn't win the championship, which is what this Neither is all did about. Neither the Suns, so the Suns sucked too. And the Bucks did, and how'd they do it? Well, like the Rays and the Jazz, they're smart, they're savvy, made good decisions, took their lumps along the way, maybe caught some breaks, but they took advantage of the breaks they caught. Well, I think for they them, got the number one reason why they won... Is they, they traded a, Bledsoe they for Holiday. Yeah, they made one more savvy move and tinkered yeah. as they got close. And Drew Holiday wasn't available. He was only available to the Bucks. It's not like, oh man, we got to get Drew Bledsoe. You realize Drew Bledsoe's now on the Clippers? They jettisoned him. And so now you've got Holiday. That was a true, true move. That yep. makes my point. And, and not that you weren't making it already. Because right. you were. Moves. I was. Yeah. The shrewd moves can pay off. There is a path. Shrewd moves it's, on three. One, two, three. Shrewd, Shrewd moves. moves. Yeah. When we come back, BJ Reigns, Boise State beat writer for the Idaho Press Tribune. He's practically a member of the staff. He's been on the show so much. The preseason preview and on before the Boise State-Utah State game told us some good stuff leading up to that game. A lot of it, a lot of it played out just as he said it would. Now, what does he got to say about the BYU game? We'll talk with him next. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's back-to-back Mountain West Conference opponents for the Cougars as they welcome in Boise State to LaBelle Edwards Stadium for a showdown against the Broncos. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It's time to welcome in BJ Reigns. Welcome him back to the show. He writes for the Idaho Press Tribune. Covers the Boise State Broncos. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows the 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. BJ, good morning. What's going on? I was just thinking about this. I think I've been on the show enough times that I deserve like my own entrance music or something. <laughs> nice. Hey, he needs some walk-up music. What do you got in mind? 
I don't know. It's kind of cliche, but I mean, a good, like, you know, Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle, that'll get you fired up for a segment, probably. I mean, we could think of something. I'll, I'll talk to Mr. Hatch there, and we'll figure it out. Excellent. I like the way you think here. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious. We've, we've obviously we had you on before the season. We had you on before the Utah State game. And as you talk about the Broncos and teams evolve, I know they're 2-3, and three and that catches people's eyes. I don't know that we should take much from what happened in the season opener when they had to travel to the East Coast first game. I don't know how much that stuff matters. Uh, when we get to this point, where they made a play at the end and won or lost that game. I'm real curious about what happened in Nevada in the most recent game, losing Nevada at home 41-31, being unable to get stops, and how that translates to this game. What's going on with the Bronco defense? Because you look at the numbers, and Nevada threw the ball, they ran the ball, they finished in the red zone and scored touchdowns. What happened? Well, I would actually say, you know, the, the numbers may look bad for the defense, but I, I think that game was lost by the Boise State offense. Uh, three turnovers in the second half, and all three gave uh, prime field position to Nevada. I mean, Boise State was, you know, winning by one point at halftime, had the ball to start the second half, and first play of the third quarter, Bachmeyer gets strip-sacked and, and uh, fumbles the ball like the 10-yard line, and, and right away Nevada scores and uh, gets a two-point conversion, and all of a sudden they're up by seven just like that. And so it kind of changed the game. So, um, you know, the defense has given up a lot of yards, but they've actually been one of the better red zone teams in the country. Uh, I think they were number six prior to this game. And so, um, you know, they've been a, a bend-but-don't-break defense. They had, you know, 12 turnovers in the first uh, four games and then had none in that game. So um, typically the defense is actually, for the most part, done okay in terms of getting turnovers, limiting teams in the red zone. They'll give up some yards, but they're not giving up points. But in that game, they, were, you know, they, they did have some, some issues. But I say that it was the offense, uh, three turnovers in the second half, which the second half has been a huge problem for Boise State all season. All three of their losses, they had horrible third quarters. So um, that's something that they're certainly trying to, to get fixed uh, this week for sure. Offensively, BYU is just absolutely brilliant in turnovers. Only have two. One was a, a, an end of the half, and then the pick – in which the running back Algier went and, and got the ball back for them, so the other team's offense didn't even get on the field. Uh, so I don't know that Boise's going to be able to get a lot of turnovers. Maybe it could happen. Uh, I think, as I see it, if you and there's a whole a whole bunch of factors that determine an outcome, but if I can single it down to one thing, it's Boise State's ability to have success in stopping the running attack for the Cougars. And conversely, if the Cougars can't run the ball, then I think they're in trouble. So I'm thinking whoever wins that individual game within the game wins the game. How do you think that Boise's going to do against BYU's rushing attack? Well, if you look at the numbers, it's pretty one-sided for BYU. I mean, Boise State's rush defense has not been good this year. It's ranked 108th in the country. Uh, They've given up 194 yards per game on the ground. Um, In three of the five games, they gave up at least 230 yards. Uh, the, the running back Bowers for uh, UCF had a huge game. The running back for Oklahoma State had a huge game. Uh, both those guys were up over 175 yards by themselves. So uh, if I was watching film and I was Tyler Algier, I, I might be, uh, you know, thinking I got a chance to run for 300 yards in this game. I mean, uh, he, he's, you know, everybody knows what he did on your show, 212 yards last week against Utah State. I think he's number nine leading uh rusher in the nation and Boise State knows all about him I mean last year he had that 86 yard touchdown run uh, in Boise uh, pretty early in the game to kind of give them the lead and he went untouched right down the middle on like a third or fourth down so um, yeah there's been a lot of talk this week that's certainly a big focus on the game with the quarterback situation uncertain for BYU 
Um, Boise State has to find a way, and they're just so thin on the defensive line right now. They came in thinking they were going to have a you know very talented defensive line, very talented linebacker core, and the secondary was going to be the problem. And it's been kind of reversed. They got uh, you know, two starters out with injuries along the D line. They're missing some other guys. I mean, they're just they're just piecing things together. They're trying uh, tight ends at the end in practice. I mean, they're doing what they can to try to fix uh, the thing, the, the issues up front. And so, Andy Avalos' defenses have always figured it out, but to this point, they haven't. And if Tyler Algier can do what he's done all season and run the ball, Boise State will be in some trouble. Do they miss tackles? I mean, are they right there and guys just can't wrap up? Guys run through them. Yeah, it's a lot of issues. You know, you ask, we ask every week. I mean, we're kind of like a broken record talking with the coaching staff, but a lot of it's depth, a lot of it's the D-line not getting a lot of push, and um, there's just a lot of, uh, you know, yards before contact sometimes. There's just holes, and guys are having chances at big runs. And I mean, I know, uh, you know, J.L. Skinner is a heck of a player, uh, the safety for Boise State, but when he's leading your team in tackles in all five games, um, and is like the number two tackler in the nation. There's some good with that, but there's also some bad with that. I mean, he's a heck of a player, but there's too many guys getting to the second and third level uh, of the defenses. The D-line is just really struggling. And, and um, you know, there's been games where they, the Oklahoma State game, they knew, I mean, they had seven yards passing in the first half, and so they knew they were going to run the ball, and they still couldn't stop them. They just run it right up the middle. So, um, you know, they've got some guys, and they, they say they're close to figuring some things out, and that's obviously been a huge focal point. So, you know, I would assume maybe it's a little better than what it's been this week. But, you know, against a team that wants to run the football and has a big offensive line and is physical, I, I don't love that matchup for Boise State. Right, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, you look at Boise State, now they've had a lot of success over the last decade or so running the ball. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, they're as good this year. What do you think is going to happen there? Another big issue for Boise State that's been very perplexing. The offensive line has not been good. Um, they've moved guys around a different spot. The, the left tackle in the game against Nevada was the only guy that had started in that spot in a game already this season. Um, you know, they've been just trying different combinations. Their starting center has been out all season. Uh, he has not played. Um, they've had a lot of snap issues with the two centers they've tried to replace him with. So some of the rushing numbers, I mean, they lost 40 yards on two bad snaps. They had a 19-yard and a 21-yard loss in the Nevada game on plays where Bachmeyer wasn't ready when the ball was snapped. Um, they had a couple like that in the, in the uh, Utah State game, including one at the end zone where it was almost a safety, and Bachmeyer somehow caught it and uh, threw it away. Um, but um, that's been a big issue, and that's caused them a lot of negative yards. And they had 97 negative yards in that game. Bachmeyer was sacked six times, and they lost the 40 yards in the two bad snaps. So you take away the 97, they actually felt like they ran the ball the best they have all season. In the first 12 carries, I think they had 63 yards. Um, they were getting, you know, five yards of carry, and they felt pretty good about it early in the game. And then as they fell behind, they had to pass more. And like I said, some of the numbers changed. But it's been bad. I mean, George Shalani's injured again. Don't know if he'll play on Saturday. I wouldn't think so. He left the last game early. Uh, he was a 1,000-yard back as a freshman, and last year was hurt all year, and this year hasn't really been able to, to stay healthy either. And they got an Oregon transfer, Cyrus Habibi Lakio. He's been okay. Um, but uh, they just have, for whatever reason, have not been able to, to run. I mean, Tyler Crow a walk-on who just earned a scholarship last week has been you know, arguably one of their best uh, running backs. And he comes in you know, in the fourth quarter in some of these games. So maybe they have to start mixing some up the depth chart. I don't know. But it all comes back to the O-line. The O-line has not been very good, and they're trying to mix and match and find combinations. And you know, they had two starters out last game. And I know they know that the defensive line for, for BYU is big and physical and going to be another huge challenge this week. So I think that uh, both – Running games and both offensive line, you know, defensive line battles, I think, are, are certainly going to be what decides this game. 
So how did the Broncos get it together against the Aggies? Because that game seems like an outlier versus these other games you're talking about. I mean, they played. Yeah, they played really well. They had a good second half. They they mixed it up with the the play calling. Um, they had a you know they had nine snaps out of the Wildcat. Um, they tried some different things there. Um, you know they had three turnovers, I believe, and had one at the goal line, and they just had. Uh, some some really good plays, and there was a, a botched punt that, that Utah State uh, they didn't work, and the guy tried to pull it for a fake punt, and that didn't work. Boise State stuffed them. They had a, a couple fourth down stops, I believe. Um, so, I mean, I think uh, you know, I, I it was really an outlier with what you saw, but I you know I also you know want to see more of Utah State before we you know kind of talk about that. But I mean, um, I think they just you know they're, they're close. I mean, if they're not the best two and three team in the country. They're probably certainly up there, and that's kind of how they feel. And they feel like they, you know, you mentioned the UCF game, and, and they, you know, were up by 21 points and let that game slip away in the second half. Uh, they would have won the Oklahoma State game if the whistle wasn't blown by the referee when they had a scooping score with four minutes left in the game. So they feel like they certainly had, you know, ever gave Oklahoma State a top-20 team right now, everything they could handle. Um, and so they don't, you know, the Nevada game, the second half, again, was really bad, three turnovers, but they don't feel like they're a terrible team. And, you know, the last time they were two and three, Andy Avalos was a freshman linebacker in 2001. And when they were two and three, they beat Tulsa or somebody. And then in the next game, they went to Fresno State, a number eight Fresno State team on the road and upset them. And that was the last time an unranked Boise State team has beaten a top 10 team. Um, and that was kind of the game that everybody says kind of started Boise State on this two you know, decade of uh, dominance trajectory. And so Andy Avalos is kind of using that as a rallying thing this week. But, hey, I've been 2-3. and three. The last time Boise State was 2-3 and three here. We were, I know what good things can come of it, and there's a lot of season left. And so they, they, they're they they're embracing that kind of nobody giving us a chance in this game mentality, and they're, they're enjoying being the rare underdog. And they're, they're I think, going to play free and loose and see what happens. I believe for BYU, for their defensive backfield, uh, Draglin then out of SC is going to be the best receiver they're going to face this year. But I also think number two, and not that far behind, is Khalil Shakur. I mean, because I think this guy is absolutely brilliant. I think he's averaging, what, like 17 yards a catch, something like that. Uh, so I believe Bachmeyer is going to look for him every chance he can get. Can you tell us just how good this kid is and what do you think he can do against the Cougars? No, I mean, he's going to play on Sundays. How high of a pick he is, I don't know the answer to that. You know, Boise State guys often don't get the the love sometimes in terms of the draft rankings because they did not play in the same competition and all that. But the thing to me is he, just, he doesn't drop passes. I mean, he made one catch the other day. It was a horrible throw from Bachmeyer into double coverage in the corner of the end zone, and Shakir wasn't even looking. He turns around at the last minute and just sticks out one hand and somehow palms the ball for an amazing touchdown catch. And He does that every game. He's had four or five one-handed catches, and you just type in Khalil Shakir on um, you know Twitter or something, and some of the video highlights that come up, it's insane. I mean, every game he makes at least one catch where you're like, how the bleep did he catch that? And so, um, yeah, the problem is teams know that. You know, they've got Steph Cobbs, number five, is really emerging as a nice secondary option. He had ten catches for 132 yards and two touchdowns against Nevada. I think Shakir only had four catches in that game. So, um, you know, they have to you know find other ways to get him involved, get him more touches. And I know that's a really important thing this week is whether he's out of the wildcat formation, which he'll do a couple times, whether it's the kind of fly jet sweep stuff or whether it's just, you know, getting him more targets. They know that he's their best player on offense and they've got to find a way to get him the ball more. He's a, he's a special player. You know, he's a, a true senior. He played as a true freshman. This is only his fourth year. And it's pretty much, you know, there's no chance of him coming back for the COVID year. Everyone knows he's probably gone. So 
um, that, that you know they don't want to waste a special season like they have a chance to get from him, and he's got a chance to, to put together some of the records and things like that for for uh, catches and yards and touchdowns if he can kind of pick up the pace a little bit. But uh, he's he's a heck of a player for sure. Number two is definitely one to look out for. So for BYU, this has turned into a nice rivalry, and people look forward to it. In the independent era, that's been really important. But Boise State's got big conference games. They've got UCF and Oklahoma State on the schedule. Does this disappear a little bit into the schedule, or is this a big deal? And for whatever the Broncos' problems have been, the whole team is going to be up for this. Oh, they'll be up for it, no doubt about it. I mean, there was a ton of talk this year about the or this week about the picture that BYU took on the field last year. Um, and it's not the first time that's happened. New Mexico did it like 2015 or something when New Mexico won on the blue. They took a team picture, and that was the talk all week. And we're certainly talking different circumstances here, but Boise State blew them out on the road by like 40 the next year. And so um, they're certainly dealing with a different animal tomorrow. But, yeah, it's, that was a big talk, and that, that picture has circulated its way around the, the locker room. They did, you know, Boise State didn't like that, but they – you know, and it's not like they were mad at BYU. I think it was more like, how do we let that happen? Like, how do we play bad enough and get blown out, um, you know, at home to, to be in a position where a team is on the field celebrating, taking a picture? So I think it was just a humbling moment for them, not like a necessarily a pissed off at BYU moment, but um, that's been something that certainly has motivated them. The feeling of that game, losing to BYU two years in a row. And, yeah, this is a huge game for them. And, and like I said, it's the last non-conference game. So in terms of, like, their goals in the Mountain West and stuff, this has nothing to do with that. So they're kind of playing free and easy. They're not going to a New Year's Six Bowl. They really have nothing to, you know, play for, so to speak, on a national level. And since this game is non-conference, it doesn't mean much. But, no, it's always a big game. It's, uh, you know, I'm excited that it's in the daytime. First matchup in the day with these two teams. That'll be fun. Um, but no, they're excited. They're fired up, and a lot of fans up here are hoping that it continues, even with BYU going to the Big 12. I know there's some uncertainty of it. There's been a little talk that, hey, maybe this is the last trip for Boise State to Provo. I mean, in 2023, if BYU joins the Big 12, who knows what games they're going to choose to keep. And so um, there's a lot of talk about this maybe, you know, possibly being the last trip to Provo for a while. And I think that's, uh, you know, certainly something that Boise State fans would like to see the series continue if it could. B.J. Reigns, he needs his own walk-up music. He's been on the show so much. He covers the Broncos for the Idaho Press Tribune. Thanks for joining us again this morning. Always a pleasure, guys. Talk to you soon. <laughs> I think he's went, want, welcome to the jungle. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some walk-off music right there. All right, David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, coming up at, in 15 minutes. Coming up next, P.K., for a lot of our listeners, doesn't matter if you're 20, doesn't matter if you're 30, doesn't matter if you're 40. I guess we could play this out. Doesn't matter if you're 80. <laughs> so well, if you don't do this, touchstone. If you don't do this in the coming weeks, you're not a real man. DJ and PK, 97.5 and 1280 the zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's back-to-back Mountain West Conference opponents for the Cougars as they welcome in Boise State to Lavelle Edwards Stadium for a showdown against the Broncos. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Football Friday presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. You say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. Uh, A little Bond music there to bring us back from break. Here it comes. The franchise continues. Number 25. It's a lot of Bond movies. No, it's not enough Bond movies. Yeah, don't worry. There'll be more. That franchise is still cranking out the money. A lot of people are going to draw a lot of money. The only complaint is the second most sexiest guy on the planet, Daniel Craig, is not doing Bond movies anymore. He's going to hang it up. Now he's the number two sexiest. Number one? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't. He can take it off, baby. Stop with that giggle. Thank you, Rachel. Creepy. I look hot and leather. What can I say? And you gotta admire a guy, who can, a guy who can have a conversation with himself on the radio using his drops. I mean, way to go. I'm not pushing any drops. I don't know how to use the board. That's a true story, actually. I only know what Rachel wants, and believe me, Rachel's one of many. You just made up her name. You don't know. Her name. <laughs> Sure, whatever you think, Dave. (laughs) 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 Well done, Yach. You're on your game. If you're a man and you don't go see Daniel Craig and James Bond, don't ever talk to me again. Well, some people won't go see it. Some people just order it. A lot of stuff goes to the theater. That's fine. Same thing. Stream it, baby. Same thing. I, I. Maybe Gotta go see your Bond movies. Right, grow isn't the right word. Gotta see your Bond movies. My wife wants to go. Yeah. She wants the movie experience. Theater. Popcorn. Yeah. Marquee. Yeah, the whole get, yeah, you get, get it. Hey, previews. The, the show starts at 245. You gotta, you gotta leave there. at whenever. You gotta be there for the previews. I'm not a big preview guy. I know you are, but I bet she is. No, because she's got to figure out when to get the popcorn. Because you don't want to get it too soon. Because I have a rule, and the rule makes Are complete sense. Are we going sense. back through this you again? don't eat the popcorn to the first spoken word of the movie. <laughs> so you can't get there and have the popcorn and then watch all the previews, because then the popcorn isn't as fresh and warm. So it's got to wait. So she's got to time it. So she'll go, we'll go in, sit down. You know, if it's winter, whatever, might take off your big jacket, get set, so you're ready to go, and you get some of these ones where you can recline them, depending. So mm-hmm. you do all that, and then you find, you scope out, and, and then she'll figure out when to go get it, so she'll come back just as the opening credits are rolling, and then sit there, uh, and then, you know, hand me my drink, and then I usually take the bucket of popcorn from her that allows her to sit down without spilling it and then we wait for the first spoken word and then we eat <laughs> what the only thing is missing in there is saying grace <laughs> other than that you have quite well, the routine we said earlier in the day it's, that covers you for the whole it's day it's almost Sunday dinner <laughs> not quite say it there's earlier. enough rules say and a earlier. fart goes here and Aunt Matilda has to sit there we're and- grateful for the food we eat today boom you're covered <laughs> you know what I mean so then you're good to go and you do that. So that's the deal. So you got to time it perfectly. Bond movies, what are they going to do that's new? I mean, you want some of the familiar stuff. I don't care what it is. There Just needs to be an explosion. Stuff. Chases. A car chase, absolutely. Death-defying escapes. Yeah. Cool gas. You Motorcycles. Can, you can replace Babes. the car chase 
with the ski chase. If you combine the car ska- car chase and the ski chase, you got one of the classes. Do you like your babes? <laughs> Bond girls. Do you like your babes? Of course. Do you like your babes? Who's the Bond girl? Sniggy. Who's the Bond girl in this one? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> Sex sells, you PK. You don't care. I don't what care. Sex sells, PK. I want Daniel now Craig. I'm doing a show with my drops. I want Daniel Craig doing what he does. Those, they're just filling the blank, babe. I mean, sometimes, I but then sometimes they break out. Either way, yeah. I'm, I don't go there to look at the women. That's not the point. Car chase. Yeah, I go there for action. I don't want. Are they going to do something a crazy? Rom-coms to me don't work. Are they going to do something crazy with the drone and the run up the uh, the ladder? Because that was that was outrageous. That was sure. like Bond. That was breaking new ground there. Push the envelope. Give me Daniel Craig. Give me Tom Cruise. In Mission Impossible. Yes, I am in. Hold on to the top of the car, heading into that tunnel. And you said next week the weather's going to stink. And yeah. so I looked it up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see it by Wednesday of next week. I will have seen this. Yeah, it won't movie. be a won't be a golf day. Might as well be a. Movie That's what day. I'm talking about. Yeah, no golf day then. And I can't tell you day. the last movie I saw, but I'm going to see this, yeah. and I'm going to have one heck of a time with that warm popcorn. As with warm popcorn, right. yes. And then if it's stale, then she'll take it back, empty it out because they give you a free one. And if it's good, then you take home the carton, and then you have it available for the next time. So you get a two-for-one. Closest thing to Bond without being Bond? Mission Impossible. Jason Bourne movies. Closer than Mission Impossible. I would go Mission Impossible. Really? Yeah. Jason Bourne movies are good. Because I don't really want to follow the plot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not interested. The plot's almost irrelevant to me. I don't care about the plot. Because I can't find it. I follow it anyway. Oh, man. I want... Things that are on fire and blown up and whatnot and chases, yeah. And if you're if you're a man right now, all men are nodding. Yep, PK's right again. DJ PK coming up next. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Two exhibition games down, two to go. We'll talk with him next about what he's learned watching these first two games. Stay with us.